Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Best Self Podcast. It's your girl Nick here for episode two and today I am super duper excited because I've got a guest on the show and we're going to be talking today about something that I think could be an absolute game changer for women and that is how can you learn to love exercise. That's right, that's what I actually said, to learn to love it, not just get through it, how can you learn to love it? Because I really believe that it's life is actually all about enjoying the process. It isn't just about getting things done in order to tick something off a list. The way you get more fulfilled in life is learning how to get joy out of the things you're doing every day. So this idea for this podcast came to me through, like most of my ideas do, because I was struggling myself a little while back and I was in a bit of a funk and just from someone who had always like I'd really always enjoyed exercise it had always been a part of my life I found myself just really tired really burnt out and I just could not get back into this place where I felt the joy again where I wanted to get my trainers on where I wanted to get going and that was really that was really quite disturbing for me because I I couldn't get myself out this funk so the idea for this podcast came to me then and I thought if I can figure this out again then maybe that might help other people who have never liked exercise or who actively avoid it, you know, and and maybe it can help me if I ever get in another funk again, which hopefully I don't, but you know, these things happen, life happens. So I don't want to wait any longer. I want to get Nick on the show right now. So I'd love to introduce you to my guest today. And it's Nikki Hegarty, who has been part of my own personal fitness journey for maybe, I don't know, I don't know, Nick, maybe like six, seven years, maybe. And Nikki is it well I'm going to let her introduce herself so Nikki would you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do thank you so much for inviting me on today super excited to talk to you and your listeners so yes I am Nikki Hegarty and I've been a fitness instructor for nine years now kind of started late on in life was never going back to what you were saying before about enjoying fitness was never kind of into fitness at school etc found my love for fitness went on my own journey uh, learned along the way and I now run a ladies only fitness boot camp in Merseyside um, and basically we are an army of women who support each other we are just cheerleaders for each other we're about empathy we're about um, communication. We're about uh, empowerment, um, intuitive movement, which I'll discuss later, which for me is one of the most important things that comes with loving and enjoying exercise. And basically we, we train three, four, five times a week and it combines a mixture of um, mindset, nutrition, um, self-belief, self-care, self-love, and just really enjoying the movement that we do. I think that totally sums it up perfectly, Nikki. And so tell me, I think obviously it's you've just sort of touched on that little point where you sort of mentioned that maybe health and fitness and, and nutrition wasn't always a big part of your life. So can you tell us, would you be happy to share a little bit about what changed that? I think when we talk about enjoying movement, we almost have a preconception that people who enjoy exercise are super fit they've always had it's almost like it's um it's ingrained in them they did athletics at school they did cross country hated everything about sport at school I hated the element of competition I felt like I wasn't good enough and I just didn't have 
that desire to exercise as, as a young child. And I think that the conception is from women is, you know, I have to have that almost that gene in me. And I just went through life, love, I absolutely adore music. I've always loved music. So for me, kind of movement to music was always something that I was really happy with, but would never be able to commit to. And I was, I was in my early 30s, Nick, yes. And I just came across this kind of Zumba class, went, absolutely loved her energy. Her energy was amazing. Fell in love with her energy, with her her message, I suppose, which was all about empowering women. And it was almost like I'd, I'd found my avenue. It wasn't super competitive. There was no pressure put on anybody. And everyone wanted the same thing. Whereas perhaps in school, there was a competitive edge to it. Um, and I think that's why I shied away and it's what put me off. This movement that I found was the movement I enjoyed. It was intuitive. Uh, it wasn't go hard or go home. That's not for everyone. And I just fell in love with her energy, her, her message. And I had my own personal journey, fat loss, gained strength, gained fitness, lost my job at that kind of, you'd know, say things happen for a reason, Nick. And she approached me and said, would you consider coming on? I'm looking to kind of grow the business and enhance the class timetable. And I um, qualified as PT. Uh, level two gym instructor and level three PT. The rest is history. And I now work for myself. I worked for for this lady for about six or seven years. And I've been on my own with MPH for two and a half, just under two and a half years. Yes. So I suppose for me, the narrative changed in my head. And, it, and I realized that movement and exercise wasn't about punishing my body. It wasn't about being competitive with anybody else. It was finding something that I loved finding a narrative that I could connect to. And I think that's the key, Nick, isn't it? And I think that's what I've been thinking about over the last um, week or so. It's like with anything, isn't it? It almost has to become part of your identity, doesn't it? It's almost like, I think, if you're going to learn to love something new, like exercise, you're almost rewriting your identity a little bit, aren't you? From someone who says, well, I don't do exercise. Oh, I can't bear the thought of going to the gym. Or, oh gosh, a boot camp. Or, oh, you know, all of that. Or I don't do dance. I don't dance. Or all of this. It, it's what we tell ourselves we are, isn't it? And we and then we stay true to that because, well, that's who we are. So I'm, I'm not open to anything else now. And I think once you begin to say, well, maybe actually, and I think this is what the best self project in the best self podcast has always been for me it's about well, who do I want to be actually who do I want to be and I think that the journey and it's so interesting about what you do Nick because it's far more than just a, a boot camp it, it's a community isn't it it's a community it's a it's a whole lifestyle it's it's support it's all these different elements that help to reaffirm this new identity that you're stepping into so what do you think when, when ladies start with you and they first come to you, Nick, what are they most frightened about? What are they, what are they absolutely thinking? Oh, no, I don't know if I can do this. What we tend to do and ladies do is they put exercise in a box um, and it's all made up of high intensity, HIIT training, strength. I'm not fit enough. I'm not slim enough. For me, that is one of the biggest obstacles. And ladies will say to me, I'm going to lose a little bit of weight first and I'm going to come along. And it's about taking that kind of mindset out of the box and thinking more around inclusivity, um, positive narrative, community support, and 
literally finding, I think, first and foremost, finding a community that fits your narrative. So, for instance, if I was starting my journey nine years ago, would I have gone to a predominantly male environmental gym? The, no, probably not, because I would have felt out my comfort zone. Uh, I wouldn't have felt confident um, to go there. So I chose my path of a dance fitness class. So I think once you take the box away and and see the bigger picture, for me, my biggest piece of advice is find movement that you enjoy, that you can connect to. Um, for me, the gym is not that. And I'm not dissing a gym. I am absolutely not. Uh, the kind of, for instance, a friend of mine who lives in Essex came uh, came up many years ago and she'd started a boot camp. This was before boot camps really ever were a thing. I was like, what's this? So it's a boot camp. You go and we do bear crawls, we do burpees. And I was really almost envious of her step, making that step. Because for me, there was no way that I was putting myself in that position. It's almost like, Nick, when you want to go for a run, when you want to put your trainers on and you go for a run and you go, but I don't want to because people will look at me, people will judge me. How many times have you driven down the road and seen a runner or walking fast? What do we think? For me personally, I have nothing but admiration for them. No one ever drives past and goes, look at, you know, look at her. But we almost have, like I say, we, we put exercise in a box and we think that everyone is at the same pace, at the same level. And it really doesn't have to be the case. I think finding the movement that you know you'll connect to first and foremost is the most important. As we say a lot, don't we? I think in, in this sort of community, we say like sort of start where you are with what you have. You know, that's where you've, you've got to begin, haven't you? It's You're not looking at sort of the middle of someone else's journey or the end of their journey, maybe, and comparing yourself. It's just, and I think that's what is so um, so different about, you know, this this particular women's boot camp I'm obviously biased but you know it is it it is you know there's all kinds of ages shapes sizes fitness levels and we're all there doing the same workout and there's just no judgment because everyone's just in the zone doing their own thing and egging everyone on actually which I think is just I think that's what and again, I'm biased because I am a woman, but I think that's where women do lift each other up. You know, the, we, I think what you've done a really great job of, Nick, is removing that competitive element that puts so many people off that you said yourself at the beginning always made you think, oh, I don't know whether I really want to get into that. And I think if people are nervous about taking that first step because they are feeling like I'm going to be judged, people are going to go, oh, my goodness, she's so unfit or she's so overweight or this, that and the other. I think that, like you have just said, to find a community or a class or even just do it yourself, you know, get your trainers on, like you say, go for a run. No one cares. No one cares what you're doing. I think as well, there are certain kinds of genres of gyms that suit different people. So you may be a CrossFit type, very competitive, not just with yourself, with other people who have that go hard or go home attitude. That's fine. There are people like that in a box. There are then people who just like to dance like no one's watching. And that is also a great form of exercise. And then and my whole approach when I started MPH, being a lady myself in my 40s and, you know, I have a, a wide variety of ages. We've got ladies coming into perimenopause we've got ladies who you know we have menstrual cycle and I think if you've got a coach um or a community that understands those kind of struggles that we have as women 
they're not excuses, Nick. They are struggles. You know, we have um, luteal phases within our menstrual cycle where we have got zero energy. I've got ladies on perimenopause, menopause and post. So my whole ethos, and I changed this when I moved to MBH, was what we call intuitive movement. And I think this takes away the, the initial fear. And this is what I try and communicate to new members. And I'll say to them, okay, if you want to do an RDL with a 20K barbell, that's fine. If you want to do it with two, three kilogram hand weights, that's fine too. You do you. And going back to what you said, Nick, comparison is the thief of joy in every aspect of your life. And that intuitive kind of flexible approach for me is what sets me apart from that kind of go hard or go home gym. For instance, we did a finisher yesterday. You were there. You did it. And, you know, at the end, it was like, okay, this is your finisher. Do so many reps. Rest if you want, or take the option to do the plank or the wall squat hold. And some people looked at me at six and I went, I'm, I'm being serious. You've done your workout. This is your finisher. You have the choice to do the reps and rest or do the reps. And it was almost like, well, what, what's that all about? Because it's intuitive. You may have really pushed yourself in that session. And now you may go, that was enough for me. And intuitive movement isn't about making excuses. It's about listening to your body. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, Nick. Everything you've said there just totally resonate with like, you know, I can feel some some weeks, you know, I come to boot camp and it feels, you know, I feel like I'm I'm bursting through it. Other weeks I'm like, whoa, I'm struggling today, you know. So it, it is really important. It's like you say, this intuitive and, and sort of giving yourself grace when you don't feel like it, I think is so important. And I think that's where I've been guilty of it when I was younger and the gym was very much for me when I was younger about looking a certain way and as I've got older that has very much fell away now it really isn't about appearance anymore it's about identity it's about I want to feel a certain way I want to have a certain level of energy to be able to live the life the way I want to live it it's about energy for me you know, and, and I still do, you know, I, I do a mix of things, you know, so I, you know, as you know, Nick, I like all sorts of stuff and, and I am competitive as well. You know, So I, I kind of fall into loads of different boxes. And I think that's as well been a bit of a journey for me over the years. And that I, I always say to other people, you've got to find what fits. And if one week it's yoga, then that's fine. If the next week it's lifting heavy at the gym, it, then that's fine. And I think it's about finding this mix of things that just feels right for you. And I think as well, for me, like I just said about, it used to be very much about staying aside 10 or whatever it was. And now it just, it couldn't, I'm not saying that I don't care about how I look, but it's more about the feeling that it gives me. So when your ladies come to you, I'm assuming a lot of the time, the motivation has been weight loss. The initial motivation is weight loss. But what happens to them over the course of like the first eight weeks? Do they transform and sort of almost get new goals? Or, you know, what happens? Does weight loss stay the main goal? So I would say primarily, I think the one thing that does prompt ladies is kind of body image, body transformation. And it's so refreshing to hear you say that, Nick, about, and I'm exactly the same, about just kind of, loving the skin you're in and still having goals that's fine but don't you think that comes with age don't you think we learn that as we grow older and definitely um now you know I'm older I kind of take myself out of that box of I've got to have a you know shredded body 
So absolutely, first and foremost, I think the first thing that steps them into making that change is being unhappy or not being confident in in the body that they're in. And straight away, I almost try and change that into more of a holistic approach while still honoring uh, their goals. You know, everyone has the right to feel the way they do. But they also forget about the the underlying principles. It's sleep, it's hydration, it's mental health, it's, um, you know, work-life balance. There's so many underpinning principles that will support their fat, weight loss, um, flexibility, um, even building muscle and gaining weight goals. Because straight away we come in and we go, I want to lose weight. I've got to move, 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 move. I've got to eat less, eat less, eat less. And I go, no, stop, wait, stop. Just hold it right there. First of all, let's create um, flexibility and movement. Let's get used to that first, right? How is your sleep? If you're not sleeping very well, you're not going to have your energy. It's going to affect you hormonally, right? Okay, let's look at nutrition. What do you like to eat? You don't have to, you know, cut out everything. So as we go along the way, I try and almost rein people back in, if you like, and get them to to look at the under, because unless you've got the underlying principles bolted on and you're not going to kind of move forwards, you know, let's say you're not sleeping very well, you're not kind of fueling your body with good nutrient dense foods, or you're kind of slashing your calories and feeling like you've got to eat 1200 calories a day in order to lose weight. So once we kind of stop and they go, Oh, okay. Yeah, I see what you mean. Oh, okay. I see. I see. And I think as they progress through the journey and I remind them of the basics, it almost changes their mindset and it becomes more holistic because we don't realize that those kinds of different principles make a big difference to the journey. I think what you're talking about, Nick, is a lifestyle, isn't it? You're talking about, you know, developing a lifestyle. Again, I'll come back to this identity. You're developing a new way of being you, aren't you? You know, I think that's what's sustainable. And I think, you know, I was thinking the other day because someone had said to me, oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you can do that. I don't know how you can go. I just hate the gym. I hate it. I don't even want to exercise because I was telling them about this podcast and they were saying, oh, I don't even want to learn to love it. Like that's how much they hate exercise. And this is a person who is on a very extreme diet, in my opinion. But again, you know, each to their own, Nick, each to their own journey. So they're on this quite extreme diet. And they don't, they're sort of in a place where they're like, they, they don't want to exercise. And I get that, you know, I've met people like that over the years. You're just like, oh, it's not for me. It's not for me. Can't be bothered. But again, that's what they're telling themselves. I can't be bothered. I'm too lazy. This is what I'm into. But I still want the results. You know, I want to feel healthier and I do believe you know as human beings as living creatures I believe we're, we're born to move you know I believe that you know we're we should be about movement you know that movement you know motion it creates emotion you know you can change your state by moving through it you know and not that there's not a time to sort of sit and feel your feelings at time but also that can be really bad for you if you're sitting in your feelings too much get up get your trainers on and go I think that's where, you know, for me and my personal mental health over the years, that's where exercise has really become something that I do love. And when I was in that funk, I had to adapt the whole way that I did exercise. It became yoga. It became walking the dog. But I still moved. It just completely, I was frustrated that I couldn't do the things I'd, I'd once done. But I still moved because I, I deeply believe that 
you can change your state and change the results you get in your life by moving through it physically. What do you think about that, Nick? Does it does it help people who are feeling like they're not in control of their life? Do you think coming to, you know, a boot camp or going to the gym or achieving something physically, even if it's like running for a minute and they've never ran before in their life, there's a sense of achievement there, isn't it? Don't you think? 100%. And going back to what you said about that lady there, I think I'm sure you'll agree. With all due respect, sometimes it's a lack of education of kind of awareness of what movement and exercise is. You know, uh, you may see people on uh, YouTube hitting hit workouts and straight away you automatically think that's the way it's got to be. I've got to go in the gym and I've got to lift heavy. So they almost shy away from that. And I think, you know, starting really small, but most importantly with, with the movement that you can connect to is important. So while someone might go, you know, movement just isn't for me, okay, well, my movement might not be for you. The fact that, you know, I'm doing burpees and I'm lifting heavy, but movement, like you say, is for everyone. And it absolutely, I think as well with social media and the news and mental health becoming more prevalent and it's talked about more. It's one of the first things, Nick, that is, that is encouraged. When I did my level two, level three, the one thing I remember in the training was he said to us, movement and exercise is the most underprescribed form of medication for depression and mental health issues that absolutely stuck with me and I was like wow you are right but straight away I think people think well I couldn't do that I just can't do that going out walking the dog even a fast walk a swim going to a zumba class um you know um a boxing session it doesn't have to be that element and again it's that preconceived idea of getting fit and healthy and managing my mental health is all about going hard or go home. So for me, my biggest message is start small, make it realistic and enjoy it. it. It's almost like the commitment has to come first, doesn't it? I think. And that's the difficult bit when you're trying to learn to adapt your lifestyle or, or to love exercise is that you almost have to not just commit to doing it, but you almost have to commit to A, turning up, showing up but B, to finding ways to love it. I think you've actually got to commit to that mindset that I am going to find a way to make this work for me and enjoy it. If it kills me, I'm going to find a way to do it. You know, whether it's because that push motivation that, you know, like when you get like people will be in their comfort zone for so long, like they're in this zone of comfort where it's like to even think about joining a gym or working out or getting the trainers on is it's just no, no, thank you. I'm quite comfortable, you know, coming home from work, putting my pajamas on and I'm done. And then I think that only lasts so long, doesn't it? And then they get pain in the comfort zone because they think, do you know what? I, I've put on so much weight or, and that pushes them to take action. It pushes them to commit, but that push energy kind of only gets you so far, doesn't it? Because then you lose weight and then you get results because you've committed because you're in pain because you can't stand to look at yourself in the mirror or you feel sick or the doctor's told you you have to lose weight or your health's you know under threat and it pushes you to take action do you find then that sometimes people taper off then they start to disappear because they've actually reached the goal but they've not learned to love it it was about reaching the goal it was about the bikini body it was about getting in the little black dress it was about the wedding day and then it it the motivation disappears. Do you find that, Nick? Yes, I really do. 
First and foremost, one of my favorite sayings is there's no better motivation than success, whether that's in the form of um, your fitness improving, you're showing body transformation, you know, your clothes are feeling better, you're feeling more energetic. Whatever kind of progress you're making, motivation will automatically come. And that's why I say patience is really important because you've got to allow time to make progression um, to then see those results. But yeah, over the years, I've had ladies who'll go, right, I'm getting married next September, Nick, and I have this goal. And I'm, I'm like, okay, let's strip it back. Let's make your goal more tangible. Let's look at how we can monitor it. Um, let's strip it back. Let's make your goals small and achievable. And then they'll get there, go on honeymoon. Right, Nick, oh, I've had a great time and I'll be back. And then quite often we'll not come back. Now, that might be that they've, there's also, Nick, there's also the kind of train of thought that you will get so far on a journey, whether, you know, that could be with me and my community or somewhere else. And you then need to progress and you want to go into a different avenue of training. And and that is a, you know, I I have like a larger community, so I can't spot someone on a 30K shoulder press. You know, there's only so much that you might be able to do in the environment that you're in. And some people find and want a different avenue and totally respect and I will guide them along that way um but like I say when they join and we look at it as more as a holistic experience and I think people when they come and they've got like a a fat loss goal or they want to get in a certain dress they don't realize the effect that movement and positivity and good nutrition has on the life and they almost go wow I'm in this bubble I've never been in before I wasn't expecting all this Quite often people will say, you know, I wasn't expecting to feel this energized, you know, and we'll maybe continue with it, with the whole lifestyle as a goal rather than a physique or a dress size. Absolutely. I think you've got to make it easy on yourself, haven't you? That's why I used to, when I started off at boot camp, and that was after, you know, a few months of doing these little 10 minutes and I felt like I was in a place where I could you know, I wanted more because I was enjoying it. And if you remember at the time, it was 8 p.m. classes. It was 8 o'clock classes in the evening. And that's when I used to come. Do you, do you want to know why, Nick? Because there was no mum guilt. They were asleep. So I felt like I could go. No mum guilt. I have just felt relaxed. It was my time. And I loved it. The second I walked out that door, I felt free. And I just, you know, I loved that. And that stayed with me. And that's why then when I started to have sleep problems and I couldn't work out in the evening, it was like, but this is life, isn't it, Nick? Like we always say, you've got to move with it and find a way to adjust and find something new that will work for you. Um, So then I had to, you know, switch everything up and it's hard to find a new routine. But I think in the beginning, you have to make it so easy for yourself. Otherwise, if you make your goals too big, like I'm going to go to the gym for three hours every week, I'm going to do this, this and this then the first time that hurdle comes, you're just going to be like, I'm failing at this. I can't do this. It's got to be easy. And you've almost got to say on day one, I know there are going to be days I can't go. I know there are going to be days where this happens and this is thrown at me. But it's about the bigger picture, isn't it? It's about the bigger picture. So what would you what would you tell someone, Nick, if you could say one thing to someone who's sat listening today thinking, and I'm in that zone. I'm in the, I've been in my comfort zone and now I'm uncomfortable. And now I know I need to get out of that and do something. But I am, I am A, frightened I'm not fit enough. I'm frightened of the actual exercise. I'm frightened of looking stupid. I'm frightened that I don't know what I'm doing. What would you tell them to do, Nick? I think first and foremost, I would say 
have a look at kind of what is achievable in terms of your lifestyle. So if you are a mum with young children and you automatically know that signing up to evening classes won't work, then don't go that way. So first and foremost, I think, is be real. Be realistic with your work-life balance. Be realistic with your current demands and priorities um, from um, you know, children, family, etc. And then I think start small. Uh, reach out to a, a, a trainer, community. I think support and accountability is really key. Or even your mate, Nick. Give your mate a call and go, Nick, listen, I really want to start some sort of movement. Do you fancy coming for a walk with me? Let's make a flask of coffee. So it, it doesn't even have to be anything that's going to cost you money. You're going to have to commit to, but committing to somebody in the form of a friend or a coach or even even your family saying to your husband or your partner, right, I really want to go for a walk tonight. Do me a favour and just when I get home, just encourage me to go. Just go, you're still going for your walk? Because that element of accountability and support is massive when when you're starting off on a journey. And start small and, and you'll get there. But it's got it first and foremost, it's got to be something you enjoy. And do you know what, Nick? I just want to say to you as well you primarily love that aspect of the community group. And when it didn't work, you'd go somewhere and you'd do something that did and you always came back to it. And I think that's what's important as well because you will get to the stage in your life where you'll go, it's working for me now. I've done it. It's almost like a eureka moment, but you were, you were so versatile and flexible and adaptable um, to your movement that you you kept coming back and trying, giving it another go, giving it another go until it clicks but you didn't stop you, you did other movements and I, and I think that's that's a huge one of the biggest learnings to, to ladies out there is exactly what you've done I have had a frustrating journey as I'm sure everyone is I think everyone has their own like you say life throws things at you and I think that is what did keep me on track is that I saw it being part of who I was I I see movement and that energy is being part of who I am and when I don't do it Nick I don't feel like me and that's when I get in a bad place because it's who I am and I think everything we've talked about today it is it's about commitment isn't it it's about discipline sometimes it's about creating a routine starting small building on progress but it is about this being consciously aware of almost this new person you're becoming and welcoming that person and embracing that new identity and saying, do you know what? This is who I want to become. I want to be a better version of myself. I think it's about this acceptance of self, isn't it? But in a way that you think you're never going to feel bad about yourself if you're working on your best self, are you? Absolutely. And I think as well, remembering your why. And, and listing the reasons why you do the movement, what it is that that fills your cup. It's, you know, what what do you get out of it? And almost even if that's a post-it note on, on your laptop or on in your cupboard, but sometimes you have to kind of remind yourself why you're doing it. Do you know what, Nick, as well? And another big thing I like to say is motivation doesn't usually come at the beginning of a workout, whether that's a war, it comes at the end. Um, very rarely do we jump up and go, yes, come on, let's, don't get me wrong, sometimes we do, but sometimes, and that this element of discipline comes in then, you've got to remember your movement. Do you know what I love, Nick? When I've been for my PT, I love the drive home. You know, when you just go, oh, wow, that was, that was boss, that was brilliant. And I, that's what I remember. When I'm not feeling it, I go, think of the drive home, think of that feeling. Sometimes you'll hear me say, did you love that, guys? And I'll go, think about it on your drive home, on your way home. 
that's where the motivation comes in. It's very rarely there before. So we also need to remember that as well. List your why, list your reasons, list the feeling that you're going to feel afterwards. You'll never regret a workout. No, absolutely. That's it. You never regret it. But I think really, I mean, you summarised so well a minute ago, but it's about, isn't it, making it easy for yourself, setting yourself up to win, getting prepared, telling everybody so that you can be held accountable. That's so important. I think it's it's almost accepting in the beginning that it might be hard, but you've kind of got to work through that little barrier, haven't you? And I always listen to uh, Mel Robbins. I really like her podcasts and she's well known for what she calls the five second rule. I don't know whether you've ever heard of it, Nick. So five second rule is basically we all have this innate feeling that we must do something at times. So it might be like, I should go for a run. I should do this. I should do that. And if we leave it too long, what happens is our brain gets involved in the dialogue and starts saying to us, oh, you don't want to do that. It's raining outside. Oh, it'll mess up your hair or this and the other. And, you know, we start talking ourselves out of it. Yeah. So she basically says, and I think it's brilliant. I use it all the time myself. She says, I say five, four, three, two, one. And I'll go, I'm going, I'm going. So we're, we're not even thinking about it anymore. We're just going. That's insane. That is really powerful. So I think in the early days to get yourself when you're not loving it, when you're feeling like lacking in confidence and you're not sure what you're doing, you just got to go, 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 go. Take your brain out the equation, get in your body, get your trainers on and just shoot out the door or do whatever it is you're doing. And I do that in the mornings, Nick. That's part of my morning routine. I keep my trainers outside the bedroom door the trainers on every morning I can have literally pajamas on or anything and I just start doing star jumps in the morning like a nutcase because it gets me geared up for the day and it might just literally be 10 star jumps one morning if I'm knackered or whatever but it's disciplining myself to take action when I don't want to and I think that's what we have to do in the beginning you've got to get over that barrier originally haven't you and then you've got to start being conscious about who is this identity you're trying to create? What does it mean to her? What does it mean to that person to be healthy, to be someone who has lots of energy, to be someone who moves, to be someone who inspires other people when they do it? You know, who is this woman you're trying to create? Because I think if you can get involved with her, if you can get in her head, it's easier to become her, isn't it? Absolutely. You almost surprise yourself that you're enjoying it. Um, because it means something to you, it connects with you, and it's like, oh, okay, a bit like me, hated sports as a kid, never thought in a million years I would be training women for, you know, nine years now, ever, ever, or enjoying it myself. Um, so, yeah, you're right, definitely connect to it, and you'll surprise yourself. Well, Nick, I don't know where to start to say thank you today. We've covered everything, haven't we? Absolutely loved it. Thank you so much, Nick, for coming on today. Honestly, I just know that people are going to get so much value out of this conversation. It's even made, I've been jotting down notes as I've been going, thinking, oh yeah, forgotten about that. And because I just like, you know, I, I think it is just one of these journeys where you're never finished, are you? You're never finished when it comes to your health. There's always something you can be improving, refining, working on. So it, it's one of my favorite topics to talk about. But thank you so much, Nick. I've loved our chat today. Thank you, Nick. Thanks for listening to the Best Health Podcast today. It's been an absolute pleasure and privilege to have you. Don't forget to follow or like the podcast and don't forget to tell all your friends as well. Get them over here, more the merrier. 
I'll catch up with you on the next podcast. But for now, keep on working on your best self.